This morning we find ourselves at the end of the 14th chapter of Mark. This is where the disciple Peter disowned Jesus. Not just disowning him one time, but three. This tragic story is found in Mark 14, 66 through 72. Let me, let me read it for you. It says, while Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them, and again he denied it. After a while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Let's pray. Generally, Father, we thank you so very much for Peter's story here. And God, he was an imperfect individual just like us. And so God, I pray that you will speak to us today through his story. Just be with us now as we open your word. Guide us, direct us, lead us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Today I want each of us to put ourselves in Peter's story. He was a disciple of Jesus and we are disciples of Jesus. Peter confessed his faith in Jesus. Remember he said earlier, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And we have confessed that same faith in Jesus. We believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter's intent was to be faithful in living for Jesus. And our intent is hopefully to be faithful in living for Jesus. But Peter denied Jesus three times. And we have denied Jesus more than three times. Now maybe you're thinking, Tom, I've never denied Jesus like what Peter did. And you may never have exactly done it the way that Peter did. And yet we have all denied Jesus in one way or another. Have we all had times when we should have spoken up for Jesus and we remained silent? Times when people wouldn't know that we are Christians by the way that we live or by the way that we talk. Times when our words have been untruthful, are unkind, so unlike Jesus. Times when our lives are more like the world than like Jesus. Times when we fail to live out our commitment to Jesus. Times when we place what we want above what Jesus wants in our lives. Times when we simply don't obey Jesus or his teaching. In some sense, in all of those things that we do sometimes, we are denying Jesus. In short, we can deny Jesus by what we say or fail to say. Or by what we do or fail to do. And so whether you realize it or not, Peter's story is our story. And what he learned from his story is what we need to learn in our story. 
That's why we're going to take an in-depth look into Peter's story so that we might learn from his story that it might help you and me to live a better life story for Jesus. First of all, let's consider Peter's denials and ours. Before we do that, let me set the scene for you. Jesus has been arrested and put on trial by the high priest and the Jewish Sanhedrin at the home of the high priest. As I shared last week, it was a sham trial where Jesus was condemned to death without any real evidence against him. When Jesus was arrested, all of his disciples ran in fear. However, according to John's gospel, two of his disciples, Peter and John, ended up going to the home of the high priest. And eventually they made it in to the lower courtyard of the home where the trial was being held in a room up above. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened to John, but it does tell us what happened to Peter. He was alone there in the courtyard, sitting with the guards and other staff of the high priest, and they were all warming themselves around a fire. That's where this morning's story of denial begins, with Peter's first denial. Mark 14, verses 66 through 68. When Peter was below the, in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and he went out into the entryway. One of the servant girls of the high priest, after looking closely at Jesus, recognized him as one of Jesus' disciples. You know, when you see someone that that you've seen before, but you're just not sure if it's them, you have to take a good look at them. That happened to us the other day. We were going into Walmart, and Christy thought that she saw Bethel Robertson. She looked just like her. And so Christy actually asked the woman if she was Bethel. But she wasn't. This servant girl took that kind of look at Peter, and she thought for sure he was a disciple of Jesus the Nazarene. So just like Christy, She asked Peter, you also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, right? And Peter didn't say a simple no like the woman did to Christy. He denied even knowing or understanding what this servant girl was talking about, as if he knew nothing about Jesus. This servant girl was no real threat to Peter, but his emotions took over, and he denied knowing anything about Jesus. And the same thing can happen with us. When we are faced with an opportunity to share Jesus, our emotions can take over and we can act like we don't even know him. We find Peter's second denial in Mark 14, verses 69 and 70. When the servant girl saw him there, that was out in the entryway, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. Peter had now left the warm fire of the courtyard and went by himself to the entryway of the house. Maybe he was there to reflect on the first denial and maybe to commit himself to doing better the next time. 
But the servant girl saw Peter again and began to say to everyone around her, this fellow's one of them, this this fellow's one of those disciples. And once more, Peter denied it. The Greek tense used here indicate that he repeatedly denied it. This time it wasn't just a denial to a servant girl. It was a denial to those who were standing around, which may have included some of the guards who were there at the arrest. It is difficult sometimes to take a stand for Jesus before one person. However, that difficulty is multiplied when we're called to take a stand for Jesus before a group of people. Then there's Peter's third denial, Mark 14, 70 and 71. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on him, self, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Now after a little while, the crowd around Peter was convinced that he was one of Jesus' followers. They had picked up that he had a Galilean accent. He had to be one. But in response... Peter took his denial to the next level. He began to curse and swear. Now this doesn't mean that Peter began to use foul language, but he denied knowing Jesus with an oath. In other words, he was saying, I swear before God, I don't know Jesus from Galilee. I don't know this man. It was like everyone was against him. And he had to fight back. And in the process, he lied about knowing Jesus, and he lied when he swore that he wasn't lying. Sometimes when we're forced into a corner, we have to fight back. It's one thing to be faithful before a crowd, it is another thing to be faithful before an accusing crowd. See, what I want you to understand is that Peter's denials can easily be our denials. Next, let's focus on Peter's reasons and ours. The reason for Peter's denials may be the same reasons for our denials, and we find these reasons right here in this 14th chapter. Reason number one for Peter's denial was self-confidence. Peter was pridefully confident in his ability to remain faithful to Jesus regardless of what happened. Remember when Jesus told his disciples that all of them would fall away and abandon him? Look again how Peter responded. Mark 14, 29, Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. And later when Jesus told Peter that he was going to disown him three times that very night, Peter responded even more confidently. Mark 14, 31, But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. We talked about this a few weeks ago. How Peter in his pride thought that he had the ability on his own to remain faithful to Jesus. That he would never fall away from him or never disown him. And you know, we can have the same prideful self-confidence, thinking that we have the ability on our own to remain faithful to Jesus. 
Oh, I'll never do that wrong thing. I'll always do the right thing. How did Peter's prideful self-confidence work out? He failed and denied Jesus. And people, we will fail in our life witness and deny Jesus if we pridefully place our confidence in ourselves. Peter learned his lesson. Listen to what he wrote later in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6. He says, All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Peter learned what we must learn if we're going to live faithfully for Jesus, and that is to humbly depend upon God instead of pridefully depending upon ourselves. Reason number two for Peter's denials was prayerlessness. Remember, he was sleeping earlier in the Garden of Gethsemane when he should have been praying. Listen to what Jesus said to Peter, Mark 14 Verses 37 and 38. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. At that moment, Jesus needed his disciples to be praying for him. But the disciples also needed to be praying for themselves that they would not fall into Satan's temptation. And the reason that they needed to be praying was because of what Jesus said. The spirit is willing, but the, the body is weak. Peter had every intention to be faithful in living for Jesus. And people, we may have every intention to be faithful as we live for Jesus. But the body is weak. The flesh is weak. That's why Peter needed the power of prayer that night. And that's why we need the power of prayer every day and night. And without prayer power, Peter failed and denied Jesus. And without prayer power, we will also fail and deny Jesus. That was another lesson that Peter learned. Look at 1 Peter 4 verse 7. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. We don't know when the end of the world will come. We don't know when the end of our lives may be. And so we need to be living for Jesus today. And if we are to live effectively for him today, it will require us being earnest and disciplined in our prayers. Prayerlessness always leads to ineffectiveness. That was true for Peter, and it will also be true for us. Reason number three for Peter's denial was fear. He let fear overcome him. And as a result, he denied Jesus three times. Remember where Jesus was at in this morning's story. It's where we left him last Sunday. Mark 14, 54, Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. There, he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. Can you imagine how intimidating it must have been that night for Peter? 
He was sitting among the the guards of the high priest. Surely some of those guards must have been in the detail that went to arrest Jesus. I tell you, it would have taken some courage for Peter to go to the home of the high priest. Some courage to be there among these guards. But, but when it came to seeing that he knows Jesus and he was one of his disciples, he was afraid to say that. Fear is the number one reason that many Christians give for not sharing their faith with others. The fear of what others will think. The fear of offending someone. The fear of being rejected. The fear of saying the wrong thing or the fear of not saying the right thing. And these kind of fears can keep us from standing up for Jesus. They kept Peter from standing up for Jesus. But Peter eventually overcame that fear. And in less than two months, he is declaring Jesus before a great crowd on the day of Pentecost. Now what made the difference in Peter? Knowing that by then Jesus had arisen from the dead and having the Holy Spirit in and empowering his life. Just listen to Peter's encouragement. He wrote it later, 1 Peter 3, verses 14 and 15. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. To give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. As Christians, like Peter... We know that Jesus has arisen from the dead. We know that we have the Holy Spirit in us, so we have no reason to give in to fear, no reason to fail in our life witness. Now we want to focus next on Peter's sorrow and ours. How did Peter respond when he realized that he had denied Jesus three times? That's the last verse in our story Mark 14, verse 72. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Just hours before, Jesus had told, or Peter had told Jesus, that even if he had to die with him, he would never disown him. And here he has disowned him three times. Peter was overcome with grief so much so that he fell on the ground a broken man. And Luke's gospel tells us that something made it even worse for Peter. Luke twenty two sixty, Just as he was speaking, that's Peter speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Perhaps the trial upstairs was over, and at that very moment, as Jesus was coming through the courtyard on his way to prison, he looked straight at Jesus. He looked straight at Peter. It was probably a look that Peter would never forget. There would certainly have been sadness in Jesus' eyes, sadness that one of his disciples had repeatedly disowned him. But I want you to also realize that there was love and compassion in Jesus' eyes. He loved Peter, and he wanted him to know that he was ready to forgive him. I believe that Jesus looks at each of us that same way. 
He is certainly sad when he sees our failures and our denials in our lives, but he always loves us and is ready to forgive us. And we can find Jesus' forgiveness for our failures when we turn to him in our sadness and turn away from sin, confessing our wrongs to God. That is the Apostle John's message in 1 John 1, verses 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Both Peter and Judas failed Jesus. But Peter turned towards Jesus, and Judas turned away from Him. That's what matter when, that's what really matters when it comes to our failures and our denials. In our, in our sorrow over our failures, we can either turn towards Jesus or we can turn away from Him. Peter's story encourages us to turn towards Jesus, to find His forgiveness for our sins and His cleansing for our lives. And that brings us to our last consideration, Peter's restoration and ours. There is no doubt that Peter failed Jesus in a big way. He denied him three times. There is no doubt that Peter was responsible for these failures. He had made some wrong choices. But there is also no doubt when Peter turned to Jesus, he was forgiven and restored. I find it interesting what an angel said in Mark sixteen seventy at the tomb after Jesus had arisen from the dead. He said, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will find him just as he told you. Jesus wanted all of his disciples, but especially Peter, to know that he would be meeting them in Galilee. They may have abandoned Jesus, and Peter may have disowned him. And yet Jesus was ready to begin a relationship with them anew. There's a powerful story in John's Gospel, where Jesus asked Peter three times if he loved him. And Peter assured Jesus three times that he loved him. Peter's broken relationship with Jesus was restored. And when we turn to Jesus and confess our failures, our denials to Him, our broken relationships with Jesus are restored. Peter's story can truly be our stories. We deny Him. We in our sorrow turn to Him. And He in turn forgives us and restores us. Let, let me share some practical applications as we close this morning. I think there's always some things we need to do as a result of a study from Scripture. I have four action steps this morning. Number one, recognize that you have denied Jesus in what you have said and not said and in what you have done and not done. We have all, even as Christians, done some things wrong in our lives. It's your fault of us. Now, number two, 
Realize that you are responsible for your failures and your denials. Don't blame someone else for your wrongs. Peter was responsible. He made some mistakes along the way that resulted in his denials. And people, we make some mistakes along the way that result in our sin. Now, number three, be sure in your sorrow over these wrongs to turn to Jesus who is ready to forgive you when you confess your sins before him. That, that promise of 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I hold on to that. And I pray that you do as well. And then last of all, when you've done that, Know that Jesus has forgiven you and your relationship with him is restored. That's what we want for every one of you who are listening today. We want your relationship to Jesus to be restored. If you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior, we want to encourage you to do that. And if you have strayed from him, if you have sinned before him, confess your sins and find forgiveness and restoration. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for your word. And God, I pray that we have been challenged by Peter's story. God, again, we see ourselves in Peter and his failures because we fail. And yet at the same time, I pray today that each of us will know the end of Peter's story. That we will know a restored relationship with Jesus, and with God of the universe. God, I pray you're working in each of our lives. We thank you so very much for your grace in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name, the Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. We, as always, want to thank you for listening and sharing with us on Sunday mornings. Again, invite always out there to just come and share with us as we assemble on Sunday morning at the church building. But we're always glad to share with you on the radio. And so we just pray God's blessing upon you. Again, if there's some way that we can minister to you, please get in contact with us. As always, we, we get, wish you a great week and pray God's blessing and God's leading upon your life. We will see you next Sunday.